Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 75 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Well, it's good to see that you're plugged in now Look, on our second time trying. This. Here, Here is a peek behind the curtain, everybody. <laughs> we just had an argument about if I pushed a button. I'm telling he you. He didn't right. push the button. I pushed the button. I was giving you thumbs up and you were looking at me like, should I? And I was like, thumbs up. And then no, you were like, should no. I? This is all What do you lies. think thumbs up means? It means good job. Like, I know. Or, you know, you're hit. It means go do the thing that you're obviously I, not doing. I was pressing all the buttons. <laughs> I will not hear of it. It's so weird that it didn't work until until I told you to press the button and you know then what? it did work. It's you know fascinating. <laughs> As if people don't already think we're an old married couple, yeah. Michelle. We're bickering about a button push up oh here. Oh, my God. We would be the opposite of a Dateline statistic where husbands <laughs> are always killing wives and it would be the opposite. Yeah, in gruesome you fashion, would, You sure. would be in an oil drum <laughs> somewhere by now. It's my future anyways. Let's speed it up. Uh, anyway, happy day. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good so far, as you could tell. How about you? It's. I mean, the weather's been beautiful, so you know that's, that's pretty much all it takes for for me, I'm a simple creature. That's true. We got the 4th of July coming up this week. That's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. Where do you go for fireworks? I don't. Maybe what? Maybe you be, you know. Dude. I live on the west side, so I can just kind of get fireworks UB by looking out the window. was no good last year. Was it really? I didn't go. They were like, I usually love UB, and that's where I go, but they were like blasting music, and like, I cannot do that pop country music for one oh. second, and then it was like... Just like that overly patriotic, but songs that aren't patriotic, like they're playing like Fortunate Son, and you're like, that's not actually a patriotic song. You're missing the point of it. So like, I I just want to hear the fireworks. Yeah, I don't want to be going out there and hear that horrible, like that uh, Proud to be an American song. I hate that one. That song is... Because I got to stand up next to you. That song's pure (laughs) trash. That's the worst. It has nothing to do with patriotism, everyone. Just that song in general. That's on like Butterfly Kisses level for me of oh songs boy. that I just, I just deeply Butterfly detest. Kisses, man. But I haven't I th- thought of that song in forever. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see fireworks at the Bisons game on Wednesday. I'm going to that. They do it. But talking in the past future that we do, um, I'm going to go 10 more days in the real world tomorrow. 10 more days? When is that? You should come. It's like two blocks from my house. It's a carnival, and it is without a doubt the best fireworks in Buffalo. Oh. Like, I would I would stake my whole reputation on it, and you know how important my reputation is. Yeah, you, hey. you are big in the fireworks <laughs> community. You do not want to be throwing that away. I would not just, you know, not just say this lightly. So, yeah, oh. and fried dough, so more importantly. Well, I, I'm always down. Is it a big fried dough or a small fried dough? No, it's a good-sized fried dough. Good. That's but, you important. know, they could change it every year. Nah. And I watched some YouTube <laughs> videos this year <laughs> on carnival games to see if I could pick up any tips. And what I pretty much learned is that most of them are just like impossible. Yeah, they're all like, <laughs> like really ex- you can win at that ladder one. You just gotta no, you, ru- can't. you gotta run up the middle. Nope. I actually, you should actually watch the video on that. That one is the most fascinating of all. That one is almost like 99% possible unless you practice it at home all the time. Sure, but I wanna see that one guy who like gets to the third rung and then just jumps for it and hits the bell. I like, mean, unless I unless he's a flying squirrel, I don't I don't know that that's gonna happen. Well, um, speaking <laughs> of our favorite flying squirrels. <laughs> is I don't got it. You don't have any. Yeah, yeah, I only have, like, there's only the one. It's really only Rocky. Why don't don't we just start? I mean, okay. Okay, let's just get into it. So today we want to talk about um, someone who just, I feel like going through their IMDb does, like, six things a year. Yeah, all of them are pretty bad, usually. There's one or two good ones mixed in there. It's debatable. 
We're not going to talk about someone who just does bad things, negative Nancy. No matter how hard I try, I cannot get any of those ideas through. She's definitely one of Hollywood's top Australian imports. Yeah, it's true. Give her that. Even though this person was actually born in Honolulu, Hawaii. It's always fun. Two of the top Australians, her and Mel Gibson, not even born in Australia. Yes, but then her parents, well, her parents were on education, educational visas in Hawaii, and that's when they had the baby. Oh, okay. So, and then well, she was raised in Australia, and enough of the suspense. Who could it be? We're talking about Nicole Kidman. Of course we are. Who else Who else would be our favorite Aussie list? I mean, she's she's pretty great. Well, she's having a great time right now in Big Little Lies, too, which we can maybe talk about in a minute, but she actually dropped out of high school to pursue acting full-time and ended up breaking into the movies in Australia at age 16. No, not surprising. She was already six foot seven at that time. No, she was actually like um, 5'11 when she was 13, Uh-oh. I think they said. But uh, so she landed a role in the Australian holiday favorite Bush Christmas in I'm, 1983. It's my favorite uh, Australian Christmas Truly, movie, that's and for sure. then that touched off a flurry of film and television offers, including a lead in BMX Bandits. Nice. Right? That's that's pretty cool. I mean, I was up for the lead role, but I turned it down. In 83, did you even exist in 1983? I was just, I was a cute baby, Mm. and I was just born then. And then, so then with the help of an American agent, she eventually made her U.S. debut opposite Sam Neill in the, um, I don't know, like, at sea thriller dead com. I like how you're just like, meh, yeah, dead sea I mean, I guess that's a way to (laughs) describe it. And then I feel like when she really hit our radar, it was the next film that she starred Mm -hmm. in, which was as Tom Cruise's Dr. Love Interest in the racetrack romance Days of Thunder, which maybe you can talk about later because I have never seen it. Really? Oh, you are missing out. There's some fun to be had in Days of Thunder, let me tell you. I believe it. So that was in 1990, and then they actually wed on December 24th of 1990. Um, I only mention that because that they followed that marriage <laughs> like every magazine oh, it was, was all over them forever especially their divorce where she actually had to leave her house and she lived with Naomi Watts for a while because she just couldn't take it. They I were, don't they blame were everywhere. her. Famous Scientologist and friend of the show Tom Cruise of course. <laughs> Syracuse's own by the way something to keep in mind. Is that right? Yeah he's born in Syracuse. I don't remember these things. Um, and now she has been married to Keith Urban for 13 years and I'm pretty sure nobody loves each other as much as these two humans do. Yeah, like how, everywhere how, they go. How about that? Huh? They look I didn't at think each that other was like last. they just met the most beautiful person at a bar that night. Well I mean he did. I don't know about her. She must just like that hair. He does his, have a good flow going. His hair is the worst to me. Every time I see him I'm like you are not a not attractive man. Like your music's not really my jam. Like your face is fine, but like, can you just get like a grown-up man's haircut? No, he cannot. Not even. Not it's even. It's got a like bit. all these highlights, and it's nice it. little flips out. Like that's. Oh, I. I actually don't know a single Keith Urban song. I don't either. I actually get a confused with Carl Urban, who I actually do like. And I don't even know who that is. It's a guy from like Dread. You know Carl Urban, trust me. You know who he is. Okay. And you like him a lot more than Keith Urban, that's for sure. Well, thanks. Maybe we both love Keith Urban. We've just never heard a Keith Urban song. That's possible. That's <laughs> happened before. It's highly unlikely. Like I said, pop country and me, it's just not, it's not in my blood. But she has, I think, 86 acting credits to her name. Whoa. So it's pretty impressive. Whoa, 86. Six. That that seems like a lot to me. It is a lot. And I mean, her IMDb was just like pages of like, oh, 
five things in 2019, a ton of post-production in 2020, six things in 2018, five in 2017, you know? So she definitely has really busy years. Um, And what I like about Nicole Kidman is she is a huge leading actress, but she takes small roles all the time. And I really like that about her. She does kind of like randomly pop up and stuff. She was just a ton of supporting roles. Yeah, she's just like in the uh, Aquaman that you know last year's big hit, and she's barely in that, but she's actually a pretty important role in the overall story. So I, I think she just really likes the story, and then she's fine with it. So right now, I'd say her biggest deal is that she is in the show Big Little Lies, which is based on the same titled bestseller by Leanne Morrity. Um, and so we'll kind of talk about what the first season was about because we don't want to spoil anything that's happening in the yeah, new exactly. one. Exactly. I actually can't because I haven't started it yet. But so it's kind of a darkly, I don't know what you say, mildly comedic tale. Yeah, there's of, some funny stuff going yeah, on. Of murder, mischief um, in this beachfront town of Monterey, California. And then kind of admits doting moms, successful husbands, beautiful children, et cetera, California things, so, super stunning So, homes. of course, you know everybody's got to be crazy. And yeah, in and, and everybody's business. And it's really the community is fooled by rumors and divided into the haves and the have-nots, exposing fractured relationships between husbands and wives, friends and neighbors, yada, yada. The tale is old as time. It truly is. It's told through the eyes of three mothers, Madeline, Celeste, and Jane, and then really just goes through them parenting friendship and it gets it gets a little darker yeah there's a scars guard in there which is always yeah always so plus. nicole kidman is married to scars guard we have shaley woodley is that her name nailed it is that yeah he did something like that Here, i'm proud of you um reese witherspoon laura I, dern's in it oh laura dern the pretty it's, the pretty uh kravitz is in it it's uh she's it, such a babe if it's hbo you know laura dern showing up at, at some point <laughs> like laura dern i actually yeah, is it zoe kravitz yeah it's zoe kravitz um but yeah that first season you watched it right i did i it really was, liked the first season it was super good everybody you I need mean, to check that out it's, v- it's very twisty because there's definitely a lot of stuff going on underneath the surface and mm-hmm. you're gonna be confused a lot during the show it all does come together but, but there's a lot of it's gonna make you think it's not a conf- bad kind of confusing yeah which i feel like sometimes well, a lot of book there's no time travel so don't worry about that That's i was disappointed to find that out confusing. I, I was hoping that we were going to watch uh reese witherspoon go into a <laughs> tiny time machine and go back and, and go Come back out and looking like freeway reese witherspoon i would time. i would be okay with that by the way we need a freeway sequel or a reboot because man that movie is great we'll talk about that sometime some but, someday oh. we, someday we will um oh yeah i so i am not big on binging shows i can't do that it doesn't work for me i end up not liking the show and the only one i'd say i did within two days was big little lies did you so really i was just really really into it that's an intense two days right there that's a lot of melodrama getting pushed in it was it was i was up late and now so season two is out on hbo so that one is not available for checkout yet they haven't even put all the episodes out they did um, have an edition of Meryl Streep this year. So have you started it? I did. I watched the first episode so far. So I'm a couple behind. But Yeah, I got to get in it. It's okay. I actually, I'm not sure about the Meryl Streep thing. I It's good. I'm sure she's going to pull it together. It's Meryl Streep. It's she's Meryl. still better than everybody else on the show, barely yeah. trying. But it's just like the, her character is a little, little weird, but, you know. Well, we'll see how it goes. Okay. I got high hopes, especially considering there's no second book to base this off. So, yeah, which sometimes they go a little astray then. 
like when they don't yeah. have the source material. It's the, always a little little worrisome. Yeah, it was like a little surprising because it is based on the book and the book doesn't have a sequel. But then HBO had big ratings and they're like, here you go. Would you like all more monies because we don't have Game of Thrones I anymore? I do worry about that. Like when I saw that Big Little Lies season two was coming out, I was like, don't, don't do it. It didn't need season two. But whatever. We're not. We're, we don't know. This is why they don't pay don't us know. the big bucks. We don't know, man. And then I think a huge film that, that uh, will be coming out. I think it's next year. Is it? Maybe it's the end of this year. But the Goldfinch movie. The Gold. What's based the on the book? The book that came out. It's huge. It was a really great book. But you know, I don't read. I know you hate it. Um, but it follows Theodore Becker. So he's a young boy in New York who is taken in by a wealthy Upper East Side family after his mother's killed in a bombing at the Met. Awesome. Um, and like during this terror attack, he ends up taking a famous Dutch painting called The Goldfinch. And as he grows up, it's just kind of about him dealing with his mother's absence combined with the presence of this painting and his world choices and things like that. So the baby driver kid, Ansel Elgort, that's not how I say it. Whoa, and okay. How do you say his name? I don't know. You, That's close enough, right? Yeah, it's it sounded, good, in our stars, sounded great to me. Um, but he plays the lead Theo, and then Nicole Kid- Kidman is going to be starring as Mrs. Barber, and she is the austere mother of the family who takes in Leo, Theo. Mm. So I'm I think on, it's going to be a good role for her. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around the premise here. So he stole a painting during a bombing, and then like he just shows up at the door with this famous painting and nobody knows no it's much more it's much more complicated than that well, it, was a, have to be. it was a really long book was, okay <laughs> so uh, i will give you that i just um, like imagine him showing up at her um nicole kimmon's house like oliver with like this painting no no one knows he has the painting oh so he wrapped it around his body smart move yeah i don't i don't really remember very because i can't retain somewhat. books for very long well, i only read. remember if i like them or don't like them and i did really like this well book. when you read a thousand books a year or whatever your regular <laughs> usage wish, is up to I, I mean it's between it's usually like 45 or 50 it's not a thousand oh, 45 and 50 man but I, that's why i'm behind on all my tv shows so win some well, that's true that's well that's my job don't be taking i mean my you're all running you're gonna live longer because you're athletic i'm like super lazy and reading books that's so. not how that works that's at all <laughs> it's always the always the other ones that go first you're gonna live you're gonna live forever michelle Yay. well i don't know the earth's gonna die pretty soon so anyway um so that is what is coming out for her. She's going to have another big year. But why don't we talk about some of her films that are our maybe personal faves? I like where your head's at there. I feel like we're going to have such different choices. Oh, we, when do we ever overlap in any of our choices? I don't think it's ever happened. It doesn't It doesn't happen a lot. We have children of men to share, and that's it. That's Everything a good point. else is... Our love of Clive Owen knows no bounds. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go in order of my favorite Nicole Kidman films in Down. All right. Go the for first it. one I'm going to start with makes me really angry because it has a 21% score on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 73% audience score. Really? So that shows you that the critics don't know what they're talking about. No, they don't have any idea. They don't know what people like. And I'm talking about Practical Magic. Oh, the Sandra Bullock movie? I love that oh, movie. Oh, boy, I did not expect to hear that one. I don't know what I was thinking I was going to hear. How dare you? You don't like Practical Magic? No, Practical Magic. That sounds like the audience and critics score about right. That movie's perfectly fine. Thank it's you. enjoyable. So it has Sally, who, as Jacob said, is Sandra Bullock, and then Jillian is Nicole Kidman, and they are sisters, and they're born into a magical family, um, but they've mostly avoided the witchcraft abilities that they have. 
But then when Jillian's vicious boyfriend dies unexpectedly, they kind of give themselves a crash course in hard magic. And then okay. a policeman shows up and he's played by Aiden Quinn. He has beautiful eyes. And Aiden he's, Quinn, there's a 90s flashback for you. Oh, boy, so much. Oh and then um, he's kind of growing suspicious of what happened to this boyfriend. So they struggle to resurrect him. And then they maybe unwittingly inject his corpse with an evil spirit, yada, yada. It's adorable. It has a good soundtrack. What? I feel like I need to go back and watch Practical Magic because now I'm like. Oh, my gosh. It has Diane Weist. Oh, I love my. I love of me some course Diane you do. Weist. It has, um, oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of her name? Uh, Rizzo from Greece. What's her, her name? Uh, her name is Rizzo from Greece. No. I don't know what her name yes, is. Yes, you do. She's Stocker Channing. Yes, yes, yes. Was I right? Yes. Oh, look at that. She's in it. Like it's it's really great. It has charm and unpredictability and whatever Rotten Tomatoes. Like chill out. It I wasn't don't... here to change the world. It was here to be entertaining. And it's really cute. And I... they're both like young and adorable. Which I'm fine with that. And I totally yeah. I don't remember anything about evil spirits and practical magic. So I think I got to go back and watch it. It's just like. It's also, I think it's a good sisters movie. So me and my sister watched it together. And we were like, sister. Did, did you feel like you were more of a Kidman or a Bullock? Oh, I was definitely more of a Bullock. Oh, okay. I could see that. You yeah. seem like a Sandra Bullock to me. Is that it? Okay. Well, you seem like a Nicole Kidman to me. So thank you. It all that works means out. I get to be tall one day. I, w- I do want to say that when they were making Practical Magic, it got a little eerie. So. Director uh, Griffin Dunn hired a real witch to serve as a consultant. And in return for her services, she was paid a fee and she was put up in like a nice hotel, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then he told uh, Vulture magazine in an interview that the witch surprised him with a phone call in which she inexplicably demanded a percentage of the film's profits and an additional $250,000 payment, Hmm. um, which they were like, no. So the witch said that she was going to put a curse on both the movie and its director. Mm. And she ended up leaving the director a voicemail in which she threatened a, quote, land of curses and then began speaking in tongues. Okay. And then she tried to sue Warner Brothers. um, And then they were like, she's just annoying. Like, make her go away. So they just paid her something. And then she went away. Hey, it worked. So it worked. Sounds like her spell worked. She's like, yeah. Only had to kill seven goats. (laughs) It's that old Turner policy. If something's under $100,000, just write the check. Like, whatever, go away. (laughs) Like, it's nothing. Play money. I gotta go back and watch Practical Magic. That's a mind bender to me. Mind bender. Yay. Okay, let's hear what you got. I'm nervous. Well, you know what I'm gonna start with. I might as well. I'm gonna start with Days of Thunder, the 1990 Tom Cruise classic. I can't even say if it was good or bad because I just never saw it. It's a very fun movie. Is it? You know what I'm gonna say? It's directed by Tony Scott, so you oh. know for a fact it's going to be fun to watch. Sure. It was directed by Tony Scott, directed by Jerry Bruckheimer, so you kind of get Did your you idea. Did you just say directed two times? No, no, directed and produced. Oh, okay. I might have said directed I two times. I think you did, but that's but fine. I've corrected it now. <laughs> um, so it's one of those movies upon 1990 NASCAR, which no, was a thing nobody was talking about at the time, but it still is pretty much the most knowledge I have and most people have about NASCAR. I don't think most people. Maybe most people around us. Well, yeah, I guess. Not in general. Well, I don't know about that. Trust me, it's a Tom Cruise movie, people. People love it. Okay. So it's the story of Cole Trickle. You're going to love some of the names in this movie. Cole Trickle? Cole Trickle. Is that a girl or a boy? That is Tom Cruise's name in this movie. So he plays a young hotshot NASCAR driver who takes the thing by storm, but during the Daytona 500, which in a weird piece of time frame doesn't make any sense if you know anything (laughs) about NASCAR. He gets into a huge accident with Michael Rooker, who's also in this movie, 
think his name might be like Rowdy Burns. There are some great names. Fantastic. I'm enjoying them all. So basically, they get into this huge car accident in during the race and almost die. So that's when they go to neurologist, who is Nicole Kidman. Okay. And her and Tom Cruise fall in love as he has trouble getting back into the sport because now he's all nervous and having panic attacks every time he's driving. His buddy's got like all this PTSD and like mm-hmm. post-concussion syndrome going on. It turns into quite the little love drama there for a bit. That sounds terrible. Before he busts out and comes back and tries to make the big heroic turn at the end, which Don't culminates in a 20-minute NASCAR race. I don't want to tell you what's going to go on. You might have a good idea. I kind of want to watch it. I mean, I've always been interested in it. It, it just like never really came up. It's a very fun movie. I mean, it's got Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Michael Rucker is great in there. But it's he doesn't run, so that's why it didn't succeed as much as it could. It, it had. It did not make as much as you think. Yeah. Tom Cruise, biggest movie star in the world, hundred fifty-seven million dollar gross worldwide, and that was considered a huge hit at the time. Tells okay. you how much things have changed. But it's definitely a pretty fun little paint by numbers top gun in a car kind of deal <laughs> okay i like that um but yeah it's just so much fun i even mentioned robert duvall was also in this movie uh the dude who does will ferrell movies now is in there too okay chubby fat dude so go check it out pretty fun little movie to check out okay awesome. um my next one i loved this movie so much when it came out and that is moulin rouge oh i feel like a, a lot of people might not like Moulin Rouge because it's kind of intense. I remember I got it for my grandma and I was like, just, you have to just make it through the first 15 minutes and then you'll like the movie. It starts off, it's just in your face. It's like someone waking you up first thing in the morning and screaming in your face and jumping and showing you images and you'd be like, what? Why is this happening? But then once you're more awake, you can kind of appreciate it. Well, it is a Baz Luhrmann movie. Those things tend to punch you right in the face. It's 100% a Baz Luhrmann movie. But like I said, after the first 15 minutes, it really kind of falls into its own place. But So it's about a young Englishman in Paris played by the adorable and such a good singer, Ewan McGregor. Oh, Ewan. Oh, I love actors. it. And this is 1899. And then he becomes infatuated with Satine, who's a singer at the Moulin Rouge. And that is who Nicole Kidman is. But she has been promised to by the manager to a duke um, in return for like fundraising for their next product project. Hmm. He, he gets Nicole. So, you know, so I'll make um, that deal. The young lovers, Ewan and uh, Nicole meet, meet in secret and then as her wedding day is drawing closer she's hiding a fatal secret from both Christian and the Duke there's a lot of singing it's super random I mean it's like I said it's a love it or hate it kind of experience because it's it's all style all color music sound motion kinetic energy over-the-top spectacle but it's really really gorgeous um, and it's such an original story, especially the way he incorporated music. Like he takes pop songs and just adds them in. You're like, so they're, it's 1899 and they're singing like Elton John. And you're like, what's happening? Like, okay, sure. Why but not? I love it. The music is really good. I mean, when I granted I was a young, I'm a teenage girl here, but I mean, I had that soundtrack and I drove around and I jammed to it. You were like, I don't know which girl I like more. I'm more a Christina fan, but little Kim is speaking to me. No, I actually, that was my most not liked song. Itchy, gitchy, yeah, yeah. Because that wasn't in the movie. I Really, it wasn't? They they redo Roxanne like a- by Sting. It is so Roxanne. It is so okay. good in it. So if you haven't seen Moulin Rouge, you really, really should. Um, but like I said, just 
bear with it for like 15 minutes because you're gonna be like what's happening I'm, I'm with you on this one i can't suggest enough anything boz lerman does is always worth checking out to me and i really i really like i like boz lerman but romeo and juliet was like that too where i enjoyed the film but there was moments where you're like boz like chill out with the speedy cam thing that you love like it's a bit like I'm going to be exhausted by the time I'm watching this movie. There's yeah. too much color and motion going on. And because Nicole Kidman is such a dedicated actor, she Da-da-da. broke a rib during filming twice. So was it, was it the same rib? No. So well, she she fractured her after fracturing her rib the first time. She broke it again trying to fit into one of the corsets. They made it so tight. Oh my goodness. That they that they broke um, her rib and then she fell down a flight of stairs dancing in heels at three in the morning while they were filming. Whoa! And also broke a rib and that the injuries reportedly cost her the lead in David Fincher's Panic Room because she was the lead for that. Well, she might dodge a bullet on that. Yeah, one. it wasn't great. It wasn't but, great. But so yeah, Moulin wow. Rouge, Nicole Kidman. I really I loved her so much when that came out and I feel like it's weird now watching that and being like, oh, it's Nicole Kidman, like she this looks- huge star. I think she was a big star back then, but she definitely has gotten bigger since then. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels... Be like, look at her. Her facial muscles are moving. It's so weird I to love see. you, Nicole Kidman, but like, it's true. Chill with the Botox. <laughs> I don't like that she does that. She makes these faces, and I'm like, her face is not contorting the right way. There's She's upset, and there's not one wrinkle in her forehead. I don't really judge people on the plastic surgery. Do what makes you feel good, but like... You're an actress. You have to have some facial expressions. Not if you do the Nicole Kidman roles now where you just stare straight ahead, straight ahead and look vacant. and. She does that a lot. Look a little like but we love far her. away, we wistful. Love her, but we do. We do. All but right. Let's get a couple more. We're already running out of time. I have so many to talk about that I'm not going to get to. It's so depressing. I'll, just, I'll do a quick shot of a couple. Go check out Cold Mountain, 2003's movie based on... The book I don't know by how Charles I've Frazier. missed that movie my whole life. I've heard it's great. I don't know how you missed it either. It's really good. Renee Zellweger won an Oscar for this I movie. Know. Best Supporting I... Actress. Um, it's a story about a uh, Civil War confederate played by Jude Law who goes away to war even though he just fell in love with uh, his neighbor's daughter who's played by Nicole Kidman. Hmm. Then the movie basically becomes after the Confederacy loses the war. He's trying to get back to her uh, and has a whole bunch of trials and tribulations, you know, getting... Being a Confederate on the run after the Civil War is not what you want to be when there's Union soldiers everywhere. Yeah. Especially in North Carolina, like right on the border. And then it's about her having to deal with uh, things back home that also involve like Confederate, ex-Confederate soldiers who ran away and who are now like trying to find places to go in the West. So who is like Renee Zellweger in that movie? Just curious. She is like one of the neighbor's friends kind of deal. Oh, so okay. she's just like somebody around the thing. This is another one with just a, a bonkers cast in it, man. There's okay. like everybody in this thing. I, I, think I, the paper I have turn. checked it out from the library maybe a dozen times and then I just like run out of time and return it. I need to like focus and just put it on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Nicole Kim and Jude Law, mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger, Brendan Gleeson, Natalie Portman, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Donald Sutherland, Jack White, Ray Winstone, a young Charlie Hunnam, Giovanni Ribisi's in here. Wow. There is, it's such a good cast. Nobody expected it to be as big of a hit as it was. I'm super it, embarrassed right now. It was up for best it. picture, I believe. Oh, it's so good. So I'm good. making a note. You see me writing it? I do. It's very important. I, whenever they go in the margins, you know, you got yourself a big, <laughs> you know, big deal. But um, yeah, it's such a good movie. Pretty good book. 
check that one out. Okay. Um, far and away from 92, I guess, if you want to see some That's more That's the other Cruise. Tom Cruise run, right? That's literally a movie about... Is that where they're super Irish? Oh, boy. I don't have time to get into the accents. <laughs> if you ever want to hear Tom Cruise do an Irish accent... <laughs> you sound just, like a leprechaun. Just as bad as you could do it there. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> That's not horrible Irish. I'm going to say that. For American Irish. Oh, it's literally a movie about Irish immigrants moving to America and getting into a horse race for land. It's directed by Ron Howard, so it uh, looks nice. Okay. And it's it's okay. Do one more. Mention the, the ghost one. The ghost? Oh, um, yeah. And then the others. So the others. That was a good movie. Is actually pretty good with a heck of a heck of an ending in that one. So it's about a lady who's living in her Victorian era mansion with her two children, and there's like some um, some housekeepers come move in to live with them, and. They're just kind of like seeing all these weird occurrences going on. It appears the family is haunted. And you think you know what's going on, but there's so much creepy imagery in here. The atmosphere is spectacular. It's it's good because it's not a horror film. It's a ghost story. Yes. And, which, the, and I like that. Because that's an important distinction. It's totally an important distinction. People think it doesn't matter, one. but she is really good in this movie. Yeah. Right off her Oscar runs. Go check it out, everybody. It's a great, great flick. Yeah. So speaking of an Oscar run, um, I got to just get a couple in, but we have to mention The Hours. Of course. So that was based on Michael Cunningham's 1998 Pulitzer Prize winning novel, and um, she got the lead in that, playing Virginia Woolf. So the movie, just to quickly talk about, it spans like various time periods in the 20th century because it has three women. Um, two of them have been affected by the works of Virginia Woolf. And then, as I said, Nicole Kidman is playing Virginia Woolf herself. And then it's them battling their issues of freedom and responsibility and identity. And then when it goes to the Virginia Woolf story, she's struggling to write her novel, um, Mrs. Dalloway. So... The movie itself is a total downer. Well, <laughs> like the story is a, is a total big downer. downer. But it packs an emotional punch, and it is a serious powerhouse for female actors. I mean, Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, and Julian Moore. Um, and Nicole Kidman won the Oscar for it. And her, uh, yeah. her nose. Her, her nose. nose won the Oscar. Her nose She's won the wearing Oscar. A, a, a prosthetic nose, which actually, when she was living with Naomi Watts during her divorce from Tom Cruise, she said she would wear it a lot out. Because the paparazzi was hounding her and they didn't recognize her. Well, the, so she was like, I love this nose. Hey, the nose plays, man. That move, that nose was the star of the show when it, it came to It the really was. And that I also... That in the oven, that was a big part of the plot, too. I like little things um, like that she is naturally left-handed, but she taught herself to write right-handed because Virginia Woolf is right-handed. Oh, I find that's things a, like that. That's an important detail. Somebody would have pointed that out for sure. Absolutely. And she was like, nope, I have to, I have to do it. So... Obviously, that's probably her, her most well-known film. You have to see that. I do want to mention that film Lion that came out a few years ago about the um, little Indian boy who gets lost on a train and ends up in a totally different area and then gets adopted um, by yep. the Nicole Kidman character um, and then uses Google Earth to find his family. Did you watch that movie? Uh, yes, I did. That and movie was amazing. Yeah, I, I cannot believe that that is true. Another one of her Oscar-nominated roles in that one does so good. She man. was great, but like I said, this is another film where I'm like, it's an understated role. Like, she's okay kind of taking these more, like, I don't know, backseat roles. And what I also is interesting is that she was handpicked by the real-life woman um, for the part. So when well. the, this woman suggested that Kidman, for the first time in the film adaptation, played her, and then they met in her Sydney apartment to discuss the role, and they ended up forming a really close bond um, because they both have adoptive and biological children. 
Um, so yeah, so that's pretty cool when the person's like, I think this person should play me, and then they do. I mean, and then you become buddies. Why wouldn't you pick Nicole Kidman? I know I'd be like, get Tom Hardy to play me yeah, in my that's role. True. Like, that's who I want. <laughs> that's the one I want. It's the only one who could possibly cover my. I don't have any thoughts on who I'd want to play me. Really? I don't really think about that. Yeah, no, I've never thought about it. I'm surprised you haven't. Like, go for whoever. Who's big right now? You oh. know who people tell me I look like, even though I cannot see it at all. Oh, what's her stupid? Is Kobe Smothers? Oh, I definitely see that. Do you? Oh, I get oh my that. God, I, yeah. When I worked on the desk, people used to come up and be like, you look like the chick from How I Met Your Mother. And I was like, I wish I looked like that chick. No, I can see that, actually. That's that... weird. I can't see that. Um, and then just the most recent um, Nicole Kidman film that I've seen was Boy Erased, also based on a book. It's based on a memoir by Gerard Conley. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Sure. But his character is played by Lucas Hedge, Hedges in the film, who's the son of a small town um, Baptist pastor, and he has to overcome the fallout of being outed as gay to his extremely religious parents. Never a good time. And then they send him to one of those um, conversion therapy programs. Oh. It's, it's really... So many happiness we're talking it's about. It's really terrible, today. but Nicole Kidman plays his mother, and she does a really great job because... I mean, she's predictably excellent. She's initially very obedient. She's living with this psych pastor who's played by Russell Crowe. Um, and you really get a sense of her inner dilemma because she's like a sweet religious woman. But then seeing her son in this, she just leans into her motherly love and intuition and common sense and is like, nope, hmm. I will stand up and against all of this that I've been grown up to believe in because that's my kid. And mm. I know that this isn't right. All right. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so the movie is like, it's a good movie, but she is really good in it. So, and again, they just feel like smaller roles to me. I don't know. She just doesn't need the lead. She's kind of happy to play that supporting actress. Yeah, I really don't. Except for like one or two, I think she was not the lead in any of these. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, and But I like now that, that about her it. because she can definitely carry a film. Um, and I, I do like that her highest rated film, what is it, on, on Rotten Tomatoes oh, with 97%. Oh, no. Is Paddington. <laughs> oh, well, that is a delightful movie. Bear in a raincoat. I am there. That is, I did not realize that was her highest rated movie. That is pretty great right there. All right, we're super out of time. Plug us up. All right, so everything you hear on All Booked Up is available in the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library system. We have 37 branches all over Erie wow. County. So swing on by, check them out. Um, we also have a bookmobile that is riding around the area. So, you know, check the website, find out where it's going to be, come visit, come get yourself books on the run. Cool. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod, where we talk about stuff, post pictures of Jacob. He's really attractive. It's worth it, people. I am posing. It looks away. like Tom Hardy. Um, okay, so let's get a couple more Nicole Kidman facts for you. I really thought this was funny that she was originally cast as Mrs. Smith in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Ooh. And then she did didn't want it and she was the one who um suggested that brad pitt be the co-lead so i feel like in her own way she's responsible for brangelina oh that's fine by me and then Thanks, Nicole Car- <laughs> keith urban was like you're not doing that movie with brad that's my, i don't know if he sounds like that but that's what i'm going with that's what you're going with and this one i got this fact just for you because i felt like you would appreciate it oh. so she appeared in the film my life 
with, oh, with um, uh, Michael, Keaton. Michael Keaton. Oh, we forgot about Hold that on. movie. Batman Forever with Val Kilmer. Oh. The Peacemaker with George Clooney. Oh. Portrait of a Lady with Christian Bale. Do you see where I'm going I with this? I see where you're going with this. She's played with all the Batmans. And then the closest one is that the film To Die For was Casey Affleck. So we got as close to Ben as we can. But so she's been in movies with all the Batmans. She, she just needs to get herself a Robert Pattinson movie now. And she's going to go the entire gamut. I could, I could see that happening. And last thing, her prenup with Keith Urban has the following stipulations that I like. So number one, for every year that they're married, Urban gets $640,000 if they divorce. But if he should relapse into drug use, the contract becomes null and void and he gets nothing. Oh, all right. I like that. I really liked that too because she's like, if we naturally, if this naturally ends... And that's the way it goes fine. But if, like, it's because of this and you went into drug use and we break up, you get nothing. Smart move. Smart play. I guarantee you he is not going to relapse. That's for sure. She's a smart lady and I like it. Okay. um, That is it for today. We want to let you know that we're taking a little bit of a summer vacation. So there will be no episodes for the next two weeks. Jacob, you going to be okay not seeing me? No, I'm not going to be okay at all. I can already hear the screams of our audience. We'll go out for a drink. Behind mine. Um, So we will be back on July 22nd with a new episode. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye.